You remember your stories with the kind of detail no one else has. Don't take them with you when you go, share them. I'm Christy Bridges from One Moment Wiser. Click follow to hear true stories worth remembering and send me a message if you have a story you'd like to tell. Okay, so let me just revisit a couple of things in there. Um, you went from constantly, you know, the, the stress of being with your family, but it was also your normal to being bounced around in the foster system. And I remember in your story, um, you said for the first 15 years of my life, you know, I lived in this unstable environment. And he said, now I'm in a home that's safe, loving, kind, and I was supposed to be okay. And I'm not okay, you know, and that I totally, I don't know that people realize what, how it feels to, you know, just because it was bad and this is good or, you know, this is better doesn't mean that you're just going to be like, oh, now I can relax and, you know, skip through the tulips and stuff. There's that serious adjustment that happens. What was, can you take us to that moment or that period where you were discovering how to be okay? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, if you just to kind of, you know, get an understanding of people who haven't like been in the foster care system, like if you just, you know, do this, if you just imagine like, you know, you're 15 years old and from like all you've learned with your biological family, imagine all of a sudden, you know, uh, DHS gets involved for, you know, whatever reason and you are ripped away and removed from all that you have known for the first 15 years of your life. And then from there, I mean, who knows where you're going to go, either like a shelter, a group home, foster home, and any of those placements, like you don't know what to expect. You don't know the rules. You don't know like um, what's going on. You don't know these people. So you're going into an environment completely blindfolded. Like, yeah, you could be like looking, you know, what streets you're going on, but you don't know these people and your mind just goes several different directions, you know, like, am I going to be safe? Like, uh, who are these people? Like, why are they, you know, here and stuff like that. And depending on what you learned in your biological home, you take that with you, whatever, you know, you learned in your biological home, you unconsciously take it with you. So since I never really felt safe, I always took that with me. You know, I'm not safe here because I was never safe for the first 15 years of my life. You know, and I went from a really like unstable home to, and don't get me wrong, my biological mother did did try her best with what she had. I will say that. Um, and when I did go into my first foster home, you know, this it was uh, a Christian couple, and they were like really nice and supportive and just very loving. You know, homeschooled, and for me, that was just like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, like, what are you really up to? just because my first 15 years of my life, you know, all I knew was, you know, unsafety, you know, I'm not safe, I'm not loved, um, you know, just all these different things. And so you take that into your environment, into your home. And so even though they would say, you know, like, you're safe here, um, you know, nothing will happen here. Um, We're all like this, you know, happy family, your my brain could not accept that because I knew that for so long. And so it took therapy and it took um, talking with people and 
um, trying to ask them questions, like say like, hey, why do you guys do this? Like, um, what makes your home safe? Like, what what is what is safe? Like, what does that mean? You know, and having those questions, not only with my therapist, but with the family, like how, how does that really look like? And um, yeah, I would definitely say therapy helped for sure. But it's also, um, it has to be an understanding for yourself or myself. So I was like, okay, well, the first 15 years of my life were unsafe. And now that I'm in this home, um, I have to redefine how how I live my daily life, you know? And so it was still hard, it's still hard because even when I went to go move to college, I was like, I'm unsafe, you know? Cause I always lived like that. And so I had to just ask the Holy Spirit, like Holy Spirit, like I don't know how to deal with this cause I've been trying to deal with it on my own and I can't do that anymore. So please help me to feel safe, you know, guide me in the direction I need to go so I can feel safe, not feel stressed out all the time and rely on you instead of myself because my help comes from you, God. It's not me. So, so true. Okay. So, and if you don't mind, I just think this is such an important topic that I want to, I want to really help people understand. So there's the, the not feeling safe. And then you're learning, you, you said something that would never have occurred to some of us what is safe but that's such an important question because we could going from you know not being safe everybody having ulterior motives or simply being unreliable um low expectations to a place that feels like we'll be taken care of could if we're if we're not guarded if we don't totally try to protect ourselves and continue believing that we're never going to be safe then we might let our guard down and expect too much and get disappointed, you know, or get hurt. And, and so there's that, that kind of a middle ground where you have to learn what you can expect from people at the same time, knowing people will let you down, even if they don't mean to, because, you know, humans. Um, and then you, you know, you you found this place where it was safe, but you still ended up, um, kind of bounced around and, and having people care about you and then not being in your life, um, things like that, which still, still stir up maybe some of those old feelings of I knew it wouldn't be safe. You know, I, I, I get hurt anyway. And mm-hmm. you've chosen to, to let God be your safety, be your, you know, you're the rock of refuge, like David talks about, um, but you've you still have to have relationships with people and you've actually gone even beyond that in your when you were in um, not foster families but in the homes you know the group homes and stuff you would reach out to the new people like you said and, and find ways to pray for them or reach out to them so you still have this heart that wants to build a place of safety which is, just what just makes me want to cry <laughs> because that is such a God thing. You have a heart that just wants to build a place of safety for people, even when you find yourself responding, you know, to the feelings of being unsafe. One moment wiser. We'll be right back. 
when you moved to college, um, you said even there you you had that tendency to just feel unsafe. What does that look like when you're, is it one of those things where you can be having a conversation with people and then just close off? Or is it more of an internal thing? How does that play out in your actual day um, when you realize, oh, I need to go to God for this? Yeah, I think um, I'm honestly not sure, but I think it was just like the feeling of, you know, kind of just being alone. Um, you know, I was like, that brought me back to what I felt growing up. So when I, you know, grew up, there were times where I felt lonely. And every time I felt lonely, like I would, usually I would feel unsafe. And so um, I had to really, you know, think about it from a theoretical perspective of, you know, attachment and Eric Erickson, I really highly believe in them. Um, and just think about and search myself and say, like, why do I feel unsafe? Why am I like, I'm, you know, five, 12, five, seven years away from the moment I got placed in foster care and I still feel unsafe. Like what's going on here? It's, it's a conversation you really have to have within yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you through that. Because I've tried several times just to, you know, fix that on my own. And what I realized is when I first got saved, um, it was like April or May, 2013, like right before I got into foster care, ironically, and <laughs> not ironically, but yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, the first uh, scripture my my aunt recommended for me to read was Psalms 91. And she did this thing where she would like memorize little verses. And I was like, wow, I love Psalms 91. It makes me feel safe. And I would say that every single night for like a month until I memorized it. And I told myself when I moved down there, I was like, I have not been saying Psalms 91. And I need to say my Psalms 91. It's for protection. And so every night I would say that, I would feel safe. Because I was reminding myself, through the Holy Spirit reminding me, he was saying, you know, you are safe. Psalms 91, you know, you are safe. And so I think it's just a matter of, you know, how, how strong my relationship with God was there. Because, you know, I had to go back and say, you know, I need to start confessing scripture again and doing this. And so I need my Psalms 91 to overcome that fear. Because when I don't have Psalms 91, my my mind just, you know, goes everywhere. And now, now that I'm older, I'm uh, 23, I don't have to say Psalms 91 as much because my body already knows and has been instilled for, you know, the years that I've said it over myself because I, I chose to believe what God told me instead of the lies of the enemy. Can I chime in? Yes, I would love to. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, she said something about Eric Erickson, which is, I I love him. He's one of my favorite psychologists and he talks about the eight stages of development. And when I came here to Oral Roberts University, I was this person that um, was really big into just I guess education because I was always told what I could not do is when when you read my story, um, my stories, uh, we both share parallel stories as far as being in foster care, but I um, got into foster care system much earlier at two years old. <clears throat> and then just years of hearing um, then I things that should not have happened to a young two-year-old at the time um, did happen. And I know throughout the years, I had a problem with trust. 
and 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 feeling safe. I think that's the biggest thing when a person goes through foster care. You you just want to feel safe because you don't feel like that sense of safety. And I remember my first scripture um, was what time when I'm afraid I will trust in them. Psalms fifty six three. That and at five years old, we had to pick a scripture to memorize. And so when I'm afraid, I'll trust in thee because there's at age five, I always felt fearful, but that scripture gave me comfort and hope. And so Eric Erickson, for me, I had a problem with trusting. And um, the first development of Eric Erickson was, is, was um, trust versus mistrust. And so basically the trust is when you are with your mother, who is the caregiver of you or whomever that caregiver at that time is, um, is you, that baby latches on, you feel safe, they, they trust that caregiver, and, um, and they feel like they can go to the next stage of development, um, fully develop from the first. Well, when that does not happen, um, then it's called mistrust. So what happens, you're going underdeveloped to the next um, stage. And for me, I couldn't understand why I just had this trust. I didn't trust people because there was a lot of disappointments throughout my lives and life and things that happened. So it's, it's something to hear you say that with Eric Erickson, that that was something that resonated with you as it did me as well. But um, the cards of life for me, um, she didn't say it, so I don't know if she forgot about it, but when she came to the Girls Teen Summit, um, she, I had said, because I always had this, this fear growing up um, as a teenager, just had this fear and, and just felt um, alone, suicidal ideation, depression, everything. Um, suicide was like following me everywhere. And I said, you know, if I ever get a time in my life, I never want anyone to feel alone, any teen girl to feel alone or feel unsafe or no one cares um, because I just felt very invisible. People will see me, but they really, really wouldn't see me or even ask me if I was okay. So I smiled so much through junior high, I got best smile for <laughs> seventh and eighth grade. But what Marissa said in 2014 at one of the summits, um, she got up and she said, how did you find so many women that cared? And listening to her story, she came from a place where she didn't have that safety all the time or had people to really care. And for me, that was one of my biggest mission was to put together a program where young ladies can walk in there and they can actually feel that somebody cares. And she got that vibe when she was there. And our um, my little motto I have, I shouldn't say little, but the motto I have at the Girls Team Summit is that we hear you, um, we're there for you, and we most definitely care for you. Ooh. And um, she definitely um, got the motto just by the actions. And that really warmed my heart. I never will forget that statement that she said. Um, and this is why Cars of Life Again was developed and put together because again, I, I just never wanted a young girl to feel like that, wherever they're going through that, they're going through it by themselves. But when they read some of these pages on here, that there's different type of stories that um, young ladies can relate to. And I'm coming to find out even seasoned women, because I don't believe in calling anybody old, but even seasoned women who have read these young lady stories said, oh, I had scoliosis. I said, what, you had scoliosis? I didn't know. She said, I understand everything she went through at that age, I, you know, went through the same thing. So yeah, I, I'm very proud of the stories selected to be part of this book.
If you're enjoying this podcast, tune in next week to hear more. I'm Christy Bridges, and I teach Christians how to become authors because God speaks to different people through our unique voices. Visit me at onemomentwiser.com. That's the number one, momentwiser.com.